Hello and welcome back to For Cow Girls. We are in episode three. So I just want to point out that this is as far as we made it last season. Um, and I'm really excited that we are going past episode three. Me too. This, this time around. Yes. Uh, <laughs> proud of us. That's all I meant to say is that I'm proud of us for continuing. And we are going to continue on with our Black Women's Canon. Uh, this time around, we're going to have a conversation about community. Yes. And we'll get there. But before we do, Laura... What's good, sis? How you doing? How's life? What up? <laughs> Post Thanksgiving into the holiday Advent season, bless. I'm good. I'm just like, there's been so many things to be grateful for. Yeah. And I think I'm just, you know, as we get closer to the end of the year, I'm just kind of reflecting upon like the things I'm grateful, but also the things that I'm taking into the new year. Mm. And it's just been a transformative, powerful, growing season that I'm just interested of like, what is 2020 going to be? And was it, I'm trying to think of, I can't remember who I was having this conversation with, but this whole like reflection around like, we're getting ready to jump into a new decade. I think that's pretty powerful. Ooh, yeah. that's big. And like yeah. this question of like, <laughs> are you big. ready for the next 10 years? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Am I? No. No. Okay. It's not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to make it day by day. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> One yeah. step at a One time. One step at a time. <laughs> One hour at a time sometimes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm really good. <laughs> I'm happy. She's smiling really I am. big, y'all. I have a big smile. Um, I'll share about that maybe another time, another day. <laughs> what? Yeah, no. I just, you know, I like to keep things to me. I like to have some control over what people know. Um, just know that I'm happy, right? Yes. You know, and I have a lot of joy and a lot of wonderful things to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest one is really feeling that there's healing happening, Mm -hmm. like feeling the healing manifest itself in a way that I didn't think was possible, you know? So yeah, that's where a a lot of my joy is. (laughs) People will guess. I mean, I'm just, I'm really happy. So yeah, so that's uh, that's where I've been. Thanksgiving was very nice. Mm -hmm. I spent good time with my family. Um, This was though the first Thanksgiving without the kids. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That was... That was hard. Yeah. Yeah. But also grateful that they have a relationship with both me and their dad, Mm -hmm. that I know that they are good Mm -hmm. and that they had a good Thanksgiving with their father. Right. Mm -hmm. So grateful that even though it's like, I think it's never going to get to a place where I'll be like happy about about not having them with me on the years that they're not. Mm -hmm. But also grateful that we can co-parent in that way and we can honor each other's time with our kids. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm really grateful that that's a, that's a positive thing. That's good. That's happening, yeah. right? Yes. Um, so I try to stay thinking about those things as well. On top of the, you know, acknowledging that it's not my favorite and I'm mm-hmm. really sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was sad that they weren't with me. But also grateful that they had time to spend with their dad and, and his side of the family. So 
That's yeah. yeah. So that was Thanksgiving. Um, I always feel like I have like a lot to share. This kind of heavy. This is the space <laughs> yeah, to share it. <laughs> We're catching up. I was up. like, yeah. So my life is um, complicated. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Um, speaking of healing, that's what we're going to be focusing on somewhat and talking about radical community. So that's mm. our topic for this episode. And we have a special guest. Yes. yes. Well, 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 welcome, Nyla Curry. Hey. What's good, y'all? How y'all yes. doing? <laughs> so excited to have you here with us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you, too. You yeah. are awesome. You're doing great work. And I got to say, this is on my top five podcast list. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> that just... And I feel good. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We received that. We received that. <laughs> Same. Yes. Well, Nyla, please introduce yourself. Who Who are you? Who you're bringing to the space today? Well, hello, everybody. My name is Nyla Curry. Some call me minister. Some call me doc. I'm not a doc yet, but hey. To speak in life. Proclaim it. Right. Proclaim it. Live into it. Yes, yes. I'm a graduate of Wesley Theological Seminary with the dual masters and the master of divinity as well as the master of theological studies. And on my spare time, on my weekends and all of that, I love, I love, I love to create sacred spaces for women, for people of color, for marginalized folks of color to come together for healing, transformation, and to receive agape love through fellowship and sisterly accountability. So if you hadn't noticed, Nyla's a badass. That's, <laughs> she said all of that just to say, basically, I'm a badass. Um, appreciate me. And we do. So we're very grateful Thank that you. you are here with us and ready to talk about this topic about radical community. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So let's let's talk about why we are like why we are doing this. What is it? That started that. Yeah. yeah. Fitting it into the the scene of the Black women's canon, right? And this understanding of this is a, kind of a theme of chapters or a theme of books that we need to thrive mm-hmm. in this life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things that we all need to thrive is authentic, radical community. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And so, you know... In this past season, uh, we've talked about forgiveness, we've talked about self-care, but then, you know, when you think about the larger community, like, Mm -hmm. community really supports your self-care, it supports the way that forgiveness shows up, the way that we forgive one another. Mm -hmm. And then also kind of like within this Advent season, I know Tamika and I, we were talking just about like... Advent is the season of expectation, awaiting the coming king. But then there is this question of like, so then how do we change or transform once Emmanuel, God with us, has arrived? Yeah. Mm. And so, um, and even Advent, there is this call to the church to be something different in this new new church year. Right. And so there is this blending of, you know, we're in Advent. We can be something more as a church and as individual, and being that something more has to deal with community. Yes. And Nyla, you know, for the last week or so, mm-hmm. you've been posting these um, rethink church statements. Yes. I would even say holding the community at large accountable. Yes. For the ways that we need to come into this new season 
like newly, like mm-hmm. as a church, like we need to show up differently. Yes. So I would love if you kind of want to talk about, you know, how that aspired, like yes. how that came to be, and then we can kind of keep moving on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I wanted to touch on was you're saying that we are in a season of awaiting. We're awaiting something. Mm-hmm. And we we always use this language of waiting when we want God to do something amazing in our lives, right? right? But a lot of us don't realize that the notion of waiting, especially how it is used in the biblical text, mm-hmm. is something that is not passive. That's correct. It's something that is just not, oh, I have no action in this right. and that God has it all, but it's actually something that is very active. Absolutely. So that was one of the things that has really hit me this year about Advent and what it looks like to be awake and aware. Mm -hmm. Because to be aware is to be willing and able to move. Yes. Right? Um, And so I had some conversations around Advent and what it looks like. And there's this, this word of preparation. Yes. Right? And... And I think because, unfortunately, or fortunately, it could be both, um, of our culture of consumerism and how Christmas, and I'm about to say something, but I want to be clear that I do not believe that somehow Christmas is stolen from us. So let's just be very clear about that. Okay. But what I do think is that sometimes we get lost in our cultural desire and cultural um, push for consumerism to the point where... As people of faith, as people who profess to be Christ followers, Mm -hmm. we miss the point where we are supposed to be aware and awake in the season before Christ comes, Mm. right? And sometimes that looks like looking at like what we are consuming Mm -hmm. is oppressive to others, or sometimes that looks like seeing those spaces where, where we would hope Jesus will show up to transform and change the lives of those who really are in dire need of of the change, right? Mm. I mean, we all are, let's Mm. be clear. But like, if we are following who Jesus is, Mm. like he didn't just show up in spaces where everybody was thriving. Mm -hmm. He showed up in the spaces where there needed to be a transformation for everyone to thrive. Yes. Right? So I'm I'm very much in, in tune with the idea that like when we are during this season of Advent to be awake is to is to be moving. Yes. Right. Yes. It's to be aware, it's to be vigilant. Um, mm-hmm. but in a sense that we are paying attention mm-hmm. to where God is showing us where we ought to be. A- right? Absolutely. And be aware of and pay attention to. Yeah. So what is it like what is a church right now sure. need to be paying attention to or even like awakened to? Yeah. And so I think that goes back to what Nyla did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for and sure. You, you brought up consumption. Yeah. This idea that we're consuming things, this this monetary kind of materialistic mindset. Yeah. I think we do the same thing in churches, not necessarily Absolutely. material wise, but mm-hmm. we have consumed some deadly doctrine we mm. have consumed some trifling traditions we have consumed trifling some right. some ill-willed interpretations i just want you to keep naming it go come ahead on, come on sis keep going. i got you mm-hmm. we, we we've consumed some ill-willed interpretations mm. that we need to put in check well and so i went on a little seven day um 
rethink church kind of thing, mm-hmm. kind of like mini blog series type of thing right. on Facebook yeah. in which I, I talked about seven things that we need to rethink mm-hmm. or in other words, seven types of doctrine, traditions and interpretations that we need to smash so that we could really receive God in this Advent season, prepare the way for the Lord in this mm. Advent season in the best way we can. It all started when I was at church. Bless the Lord, we had a guest speaker, mm-hmm. and he called <laughs> he called Rahab a straight up hoe. Now, <laughs> just to add context, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> just okay. to add context, he was referring to how we come from a long lineage of broken people. Mm. However, you know, when it came to David, you know, he's like, oh, David was trifling and. You know, this and that. But when it came to Rahab, Mm -hmm. Rahab was just a straight up hoe. Mm. And then the whole audience laughed. And he was like, no, really, she was just a hoe. And instead of unpacking that, (sighs) you know, I'm sure he had good intentions. But instead of unpacking that, he just went on into the sermon. Yeah. And so from there, I was like, there are a lot of things, a lot of language, dead language that we must rethink as a church. And so the first day of my seven day, I want to call it just a rant, just straight up rant. Truth telling. Truth telling. That's what I want to call it. It was. Truth. It was very intentional. Yeah, it was. Radical honesty. Yeah. Can we call it that? Boom. I like it. Radical honesty was a post on how women in the Bible or women in general, for that matter, should not be called holes, thoughts, and tricks. Yeah, say say more about that, please. I mean, yeah. can we talk about it? <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, if he called David a dirty bastard, mm. that would have been one thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that would have... But to call Rahab a hoe, there's just so much more... I feel like there has been so much more weight and negativity against women right. when we use that. Mm-hmm. Right. Did he call David a rapist, a murderer? No. He may have called David, I believe he may have called David a murderer, but mm-hmm. like, look at the weight. Look at the scales no, between I, calling right. exactly. David, our beloved David in the mm-hmm. Black community. A, or did he call David a hoe? No. Because which, if we going to go there. Let's go there. Right? Let go. <laughs> Let go. <laughs> David was like a little lustful, if you will. (laughs) He couldn't keep his thing in his pants. Well. And so he mm. got a woman pregnant Mm -hmm. who was married, Mm -hmm. which took him down a rabbit hole that he couldn't get himself out of Mm -hmm. other than to kill a person. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's quite interesting that we don't. We don't use that language. And I'm actually not advocating that we use the language at all, to be yeah. honest. Um, but we don't use that language when we talk about our male counterparts. Yes. Yes. We only use it when we're talking about women and promiscuity and whatever um, lifestyle. I'll quote that. Yes. That women choose to live in. Right. Yes. So, yeah. Let's keep on. Yes. Say and- more. And why are we, why do we call, you have to look at the social implications, Yeah, how we have been wired exactly to call David a man after God's own heart, Mm. not David the hoe. Right. But then it's okay to call Rahab the hoe, Rahab the hoe or Rahab the prostitute. You know, it's like we're naming someone according to their conditions rather than their God given identity. Mm. Mm. As God's child. According to their conditions. And conditions that have been, I would say, 
socialized like within our society, right? right. And so they're connected to some form of worth as well. Mm. Yep. And so, you know, even hearing how the pastor articulated that, mm-hmm. there is so much, there's like themes of sex negative. There yes. is, there are themes of just shaming. Mm-hmm. And right. so, and like, so how, you know, if there are women in the congregation or who are trying to figure out their own sexuality, mm. but there's so much that comes out with that to call yes. someone a hoe and then yeah. just leave it there. Yes. yes. Right. Agreed. Yes. That yeah. like people don't, recognize the impact almost mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and have we considered the women who have been just so scarred and hurt you know that the language of hoe like that could bring up some things in them that they have been trying to heal from from mm-hmm. the longest from going to a condition or a position in which they had to do what they had to do in that moment right mm-hmm. you know where all the odds were stacked against them and now they feel like they're they're going into church a safe space in which they don't have to hear that language, in which they don't have to hear the, they they assume they don't have to hear the demeaning of a woman, and yet you here get we caught. are here we are once yeah. again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of space is that for people to heal in mm. if they can't come and bring who they are? Yes. Without judgment and without being labeled yes. something that maybe they want to shed themselves from. right or heal from and that see here's the thing like we're all about keeping things real in the church Mm. especially the black church (laughs) but it can be at the cost of other people Mm. and their humanity yes Yes. and i'm i'm not for it (laughs) just like i am not for that at all yeah yeah and that's not very thoughtful on the preacher's part to not think about the implications of those words and and again this is not um so i don't want to be like we're not in a space of like uh trying to shame another person but i do think that there's something something to say about us being um intentional uh, around the words that we use Mm -hmm. and how the implications of them yes um especially when we're preaching y'all i just Mm -hmm. if you could see my face (laughs) i just just don't understand okay (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. And the implications of how those words are connected to norms that are just harmful. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that's the whole, like, when your professors in seminary are like, do the work. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. the work when you write the sermon. Right. That That's a piece of doing the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. And so. It is. But yeah. I, so if the church is being, like, I guess, awakened to the fact of considering the harmful norms mm. that sometimes that that we impose on scripture. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um then how do we heal together? Yeah. How do we heal together? Because mm. like what would you say to that preacher? How, how would you th- hold them accountable in love? Mm. See, and I need to go back to him and hold him accountable. But my mission was to hold the church accountable mm-hmm. and to say, no, this is not how things should be done. Mm-hmm. But I would, I, and I, I'm going to find his number and get back at him and say, no, that was, that was, that wasn't right. And as funny as, it, you know, all the entire congregation laughed mm-hmm. afterwards, mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, no, it's wrong. It's mm-hmm. wrong because you're pretty much enforcing all of the patriarchal oppressions mm-hmm. And the toxic masculinity that we're trying to break down in beloved community. Mm. 
Yeah. Or you would think we would want to break down in beloved community. So I would come to him just straight up like I would go to anybody on the street in seminary. Mm-hmm. Just keep it real. Like that was mm-hmm. that was not it, fam. Yeah. <laughs> you still my fam. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that was not it. Rethink. Yeah. Rethink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is so this is the moment I want to bring AJ Marie Brown's quote mm-hmm. from her book, Pleasure Activism. So she talks about to have authentic community, mm. we need radical honesty. Mm. Learning to speak from our root systems about how we feel and what we want. To speak our needs and listen to others' needs. To say, just to say the truth. Yeah. Mm. Um, because sometimes I feel like, you know, even in our church communities where we are supposed to be the honest of honest, mm-hmm. like we can't always say the thing. <sighs> and... You know, Mm-mm-mm. and Brown's like, you have to say the thing in order for transformation yes. to happen. In yes. order for beloved community to thrive. Right. You have to say it. Because yes. if you don't say it, like these norms, these systemic, you know, the kind of like this, the hierarchy, the hegemony, the patriarchy will continue to thrive. Yes. Because we're not living in our truth. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And we're not challenging each other to live into what it means to follow Christ. Mm. And Jesus was definitely like not about mincing his words, mm. right? But he also didn't mince his words to people who were trying to challenge his authority. Yeah. Right? And who were supposed to know better. Right? So he he held people at the level that he knew that they were able to handle. Mm-hmm. And um and I would hope that as leaders in the church, that we can handle critique in a way that holds us accountable for the words that we say. Yes. I would prefer as a preacher, as someone who has been ordained, right, um, who has been called to to preach the word mm-hmm. and to do the work in, as a leader in, in a church, I would hope that I would be open enough to hear when I have called someone harm and recognize where maybe my biases or my prejudices or whatever that is, is coming into play or internalized stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's coming into play on how I said a thing or gave information out or preached or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. And I think that's also part of, that's the other side of it is our willingness to receive critique or our willingness to to be held accountable, yes. right? And Ooh. I And unfortunately, we live in a time where... Um, people will write off certain things as just being PC. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so unfortunate because while I do think there's a level of sensitivity surrounding some of like how we communicate with one another, like there's there is a higher level of sensitivity and oh, yeah. an awareness about it. But I don't know if that's always a bad thing that people are more aware of harm being done, not mm. only to themselves, but to others. Yes. And, you know, and I also have heard the the word policing a lot. Yeah. That's not my favorite. Just can we... <laughs> because, because, like, it. what we're trying to say is that you can't tell people how to speak or what to say. Yes. Right? Fair, but... Policing has a whole nother connotation that we all know, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is, I just do not like it when we say that policing. to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I would prefer to say, okay, there seems to be a higher level of sensitivity around this subject. Yes. Right? So can we talk a little bit more about what it is that is triggering you or like what I'm doing that's causing Mm -hmm. you to feel this right now, right? And maybe it can be a lot of projection. Like we do project on each other often. Mm Mm-hmm. But you have to hear also where the truth is yes. in it. And right? see the love in it. And see the love. Because I think often what happens with critique and, you know, who knows when you have this conversation with this preacher of how mm-hmm. they're going to receive it. Yeah. Right. But there's some people that, you know, when you're getting ready to, even before you were getting ready to share, they're already on the defense. Mm. They don't see the love in this constructive critique that actually helps us both out that actually helps us both live into authentic community because we're being honest with each other yeah 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 Um, and so there has to be this moment of like as a church as a community where we can receive criticism and see that as love yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's great and i think it puts some implications on what radical honesty does and how to go about exercising that the radical honesty I believe that radical honesty is something that has to be expressed through vulnerability and humility. Mm-hmm. And I think radical honesty has to be executed in a way that uh, I hate that saying, you know, you can catch more flies with honey. Than, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be executed in a certain way. Sometimes it's just building rapport with others. Mm-hmm. And I also believe radical honesty um, in that you have to have the willingness to get hurt. Because in these streets, we are on a battlefield. Hmm. This is this is spiritual warfare that we in. Mm-hmm. And you have to, if you want to be prophetic, if you want to express yourself as Christ did, then you must be willing to receive the clap back hmm. and to keep pushing forward. So, right. That's the hard. That's, <laughs> that's, that's hard. That's hard, right? right? to get hurt. No. Or be vulnerable in that in that way right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's why i do think when we have this level of like what some are deeming like call out culture or whatever um where people are like actually oftentimes saying the truth Mm -hmm. about what is happening or what a person says Mm -hmm. but it comes off as condescending and angry because that's a that's also a wall Mm -hmm. to protect you from from being too vulnerable, mm. right? So, like, if you, and so I'm, and That's please, good. please hear me because I think um, there's this clash as to whether call out culture is like necessary or if it's if it's uh, too too harsh mm-hmm. or too abra- like too quick to judge all this stuff. And I think there, I think there are points on both sides. I think that are um, something we could acknowledge. Mm-hmm. I do see the benefit of the accountability of us constantly being like, nah, that ain't it. That ain't it. Right? I also see the harm in us being very quick Mm -hmm. to decide what it is. Mm. Does that make sense? That's good. Like, we're very quick to say, um, this is what was said, and so therefore it's based in this, Mm -hmm. without actually like engaging in conversation to understand first what the person meant Mm -hmm. and the intentions behind their, what Mm -hmm. they said. And also saying, maybe that was your intentions, but this is what was heard. 
This was the impact. This was the the impact impact. Mm -hmm. that was done, right? That's right. And so, nah, you can't say it like that. I mean, you can, but that's if your intentions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) are to harm people. Yeah. And it seems as though that wasn't your intentions. So, I'm going to, like, maybe stare you in a different direction in which you could have addressed this situation. Absolutely. And I think that is a a way of us trying to heal in our spaces of holding each other accountable and also telling the truth to one another, right? This like radical honesty. Also, it doesn't mean we tiptoe around each other Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that we have to always be nice, but it can mean that we try our best to assume the other person's intentions to not always be bad. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And that if you, that approach, I think, actually opens us up to hearing each other a little Mm -hmm. better Mm -hmm. um, and to maybe having much more impact in how we transform in our spaces and how we can share our truths together that's not harming each other yeah right because if i'm coming at you like nah like you did something wrong and then you receive that defensively then we're just not gonna get anywhere that's right right we're just gonna go at each other on on the social medias (laughs) i just like saying social medias (laughs) social medias yeah yeah Yeah, that's it which is right the one of the least spaces of vulnerability (laughs) yeah and yet at the same time, that's where so much conflict happens. I know. Mm. Because it's because deep. it can. Like, I mean, and that's, uh, I don't care if I sound old, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but that's, that is, that is that, that's what we have to work around and through. Mm-hmm. Is to know that we live in an age where people can say and do whatever they feel like. Yes. On the interwebs. Yes. That's where we at. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so. So, yeah, we got to We got to acknowledge that as a thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think that we need to be open, not only truth telling on an individual level. Yeah. But you hinted at it. Yeah. Truth telling on a more a, a communal level here. Right. And realizing that there are multiple truths hey. out there in these streets. How about that? Can I just go there for a second? Please. So one of the days I touched on sexuality. Mm. And how we must start talking about sex in the church because people are hurting. Mm-hmm. People have not healed from something. Right. Um, and we have to be open to multiple interpretations. There are multiple truths out there. Prime example, on the sexuality post, mm-hmm. a friend of mine said, I appreciate this. You're setting uh, women free. You're, you're setting them, you know, allowing women to... Telling them it's okay to explore their sexuality through different forms and expressions, and that's okay. And she's like, "But as for me, I'm a I'm celibate, and I'm staying celibate, and this is what feels good to me." And some of us are asexual. I said, "Well, that's beautiful, but now let's discuss that in community." Yes, because there are multiple truths. Right. Um. There is no right or a lot of I know I'm probably going to be a labeled a heresy after this. But in a lot of cases, there is no right or wrong. I mean, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. We want to stick to the black and white. Yeah. The right and the wrong. Yes. The good and bad. When there are much more gray, nuanced areas that actually, I think, 
we can meet each other at much much more yes. health healthily yes. than if we were to stick on our right and wrong, mm-hmm. good and bad. Deconstruct the binaries. Yes. Mm. yes. Binaries are constructs in our society. That's this is right. It. This yeah. is wrong. They're right. part of systems. They are. That you are know, heterosexuality yeah. is right. Homosexuality is wrong. Right. You know, these different things that we create and most of the time, it's some patriarchal kind of uh, mm-hmm. motives behind that, but I won't go there. Right. But yes, let's dialogue. Let's let's create safe, or if not safe, brave discourse. There we go. In communities. Yeah, together. I like that. Yeah, yes. that's beautiful. Because it's in those brave conversations where where communities created. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. So Faith Matters Network, uh, Reverend Jennifer Bailey, they they host the this thing called the People's Supper, mm-hmm. and they have this statement that they've written called Invitation to Brave Space, mm. where like when they're hosting difficult conversations on um, what could be considered divisive political topics, mm-hmm. um, they kind of set the tone with this, oh, it, it is a prayer around yeah. Brave Space that I love so much. You can look it up on their website, which I think is just the People's Supper at Faith Matters Network. Um, but just this mm. whole understanding of like, yes, to be this authentic community, to move from a space of politicizing into a space of humanizing and being an authentic community. Mm. Like we need to be brave with one another. Yeah, Yeah, we do. And that bravery happens when you say the thing. When you say it. And you have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And expect maybe some rejection. Yeah. But hope for a time of of reconciliation and and or or maybe the space to get there. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't happen immediately. You know, maybe yeah. this is a continual conversation we have mm-hmm. on the language we use, on our interpretations and how we are sharing our biblical stories, yeah. um, on what's being preached in the pulpit, mm-hmm. on how we are seeing each other yes. and judging each other and uh, showing up in our spaces, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I know this is tough because I don't say I don't think it's easy, honestly, to to live a life that you think is faithful, mm-hmm. even if that looks like you have a very strict understanding or fundamentalist understanding mm-hmm. of what that looks like. I don't necessarily want to say that that's easy or the easiest route because I don't think it's easy. I think it can be actually sometimes harder mm. um, because you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to do all the things you think God wants you to do. Wow! In order to be saved, yeah, um, yes. right. So your salvation actually lies on your back, yes, and not on God's, which oh. is like, amen. That's a amen lights. That's a whole other <laughs> conversation, but. But I do think that there is something um, healing about seeing that we are what we are putting on our own backs mm. versus allowing God to do the work yes. that God promises to do always. Like, <laughs> you know, like I just, I, I do think there's healing in that. And I, I think if we could get to a space of really being honest with each other, allowing those nuances in the gray area to make us very uncomfortable the gray area yeah and to be brave in those spaces with each other yes and and not assume that that means that somehow we're going to lose our faith Mm. 
Mm. Or that somehow God is going to turn God's back on us Mm. because we are willing to see each other as human beings. Yes. I just, I, yeah, I think that's the fear, honestly, Mm -hmm. is that if we let go of some of those restrictions that we have placed on ourselves, Mm -hmm. that somehow we're going to be displeasing to God to the point where God is, she's just going to be like, yeah, I can't, I can't be with you anymore. Like I give up on you because you're not living up to these expectations that you personally put on yourself. But like, that's a whole nother story. I just, I just think we can, I think we can do better. And those are the community. narratives that we need to reinterpret. From, I agree. From the Old Testament. Yes. Of, oh, and we the New did bad. Okay, yes. God is punishing us. We're in exile. Okay, right. until we get ourselves together, God won't love us. That kind of narrative that we take and mm-hmm. we, we put our own spins and interpretations and then bring it into our lives. Yeah. I also want to say that I think some of the letters that are attributed to Paul are a major part of that shaming we do preach like i actually think they had they do more harm yes than because to be honest with you i don't think many people actually know enough about the hebrew scriptures mm. they only know what has been told to them mm-hmm. yeah um, because i don't think many people are actually like like in understanding mm-hmm. of what the the stories that are involved there yes. outside of just like I know there are plenty of people who have read the Bible front to front to back. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like, do you understand like where some of that language comes from? Do you mm. understand the culture that it existed? Do you understand the context, the community in which it was it was made in? And the mm-hmm. same is true mm-hmm. for the New Testament, but we we just like co-opt it as something that is just the truth, like it, it's truth. Mm-hmm. Like these letters go beyond time. Yes. They don't have any context. And it's <laughs> like, um, sorry, yes, they do. And <laughs> and if we're using them to keep each other at bay and keep each other um, in a space where we're restricting one another mm-hmm. and who and being our full humanity, then is it really what God intended for us? Is it really? Is it? Oh. Is it? Oh, is Paul Jesus? I just okay. I just want to. I just wanted to say all the things that have been in my speak my your spirit. mind, sis. Speak your Look mind. Look at your face. <laughs> but is it, it needs to be fixed? But listen. <laughs> but it's true. Who who gets quoted more, Jesus or Paul? Mm. In a black church, Paul. Precisely. <laughs> you don't think so, Laura? No, I mean, so I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to offer this. Go ahead. And, yeah, you know, I, I don't even think it's Jesus or Paul that are being quoted more. I honestly think it's white men who've always controlled a narrative around what Jesus and Paul are supposed to be saying. Fair. That it's is a good being point. quoted. Yeah, that's good. And, it's a very good point. You know, that's I good. mean, what, what I was like within, like, yes, the people who have read the scriptures, even front to back, back and forth, like, don't understand the totality of the community Hmm. i'll never forget when we were with dr gaffney on that cruise that we went uh, and she was given uh, the explanation around the context of when jesus was a jew yeah and this whole understanding of the different gods that the hebrew Mm -hmm. people had yeah and Mm -hmm. literally when she was getting into the historical cultural understanding of jesus i had to ask myself do I really know Jesus? Right. Like, it really shifted my understanding mm-hmm. of who I have always been told that the Christ is, mm-hmm. but who the historical Jesus actually is. Yeah. Wow. Within 
the context, the community, this authentic community that had different guides. Hmm. And so then I was like, hmm, then if this is who Christ is within this community, then who is the Christ that I know? It it was just such this powerful revelation that, you know, I think that we all, especially the church, have to consider when we are preaching to one another, holding each other accountable of like, what is the radical truth that we need to hear and be in conversation around so that all of us Mm -hmm. can truly be transformed. Yes. So I want to drop another quote. Drop it on us. Um, (laughs) So... Mark and I went to go see Queen and Slim. Yes. Yes. Wait, so are we getting to the piece? This is our... I, I think this is a okay. piece. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I just... Uh, the movie was... Powerful is mm-hmm. a small word. Uh, it was definitely this artistic piece. But uh, I remember I watched an interview with uh, Lena Waithe. Right? Mm-hmm. Lena Waithe. Mm-hmm. And she was... Kind of when she was um, broadcasting this movie, she was just like, please, y'all know this is a love letter to the black community. Yes. And when I first saw it, I was like, wait a minute. This looks like a traumatizing love letter right. to the black community. No, that's I real. I was like, where's the this love? a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but there was a certain part in the movie where the two main characters were being brave with one another. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, expressing yeah, yeah. and articulating what they needed in terms of love and community. Yes. 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 There it is. Yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> That's this a level of Honesty. Yeah. Radical. And Queen says to Slim, my Lord, this could be a whole sermon. <laughs> she says, I want, in terms of um, asking, she's responding to Slim's question about what she wants in a man, what she mm-hmm. wants in a partner. Yes. And she's like, I want him to show me scars I never knew I had. Mm. But I don't want him to make them go away. Mm. I want him to hold my hand while I nurse them myself. And I want him to cherish the bruises they leave behind. Y'all. Um, yeah, so I lost it there, too. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen the movie, you yeah, all yeah, yeah, you, yes. know, you know where. Yeah, so just FYI, this is not really a spoiler. It's just like a quote from the movie. This is not going to give it away, I promise. Mm, but all. like, not at yeah, all. it. That was the moment. That was the moment for me, too. Yes. And I was it like, was, there it is. Yeah. And that was the moment where I was like, wow, Lena Waithe is right. This is a word, mm-hmm. a love letter for the community. For the right. community. Because even though Queen and Slim, like, I mean, that is a conversation about what they're looking for in partnership. Yeah. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we should exist as a Black community, as yeah. the church, mm-hmm. that that yes, that we need, oh, the statement, like, I want him to hold my hand while I nurse yes. my wounds. Right. Yes. Like, how are we walking with each other right. through the shit of life? Right. Mm. So that we can heal. Yes. yes. Ourselves. Yes. Ourselves. And doing the work to heal. Yes. Ourselves. ourselves. Mm-hmm. We hold each other up so we can heal ourselves, ourselves. Mm-hmm. so that we can exist together in this radical community. That's a word. That's the piece. For <laughs> That's the piece. <laughs> That's the piece. So here's the thing. We said a lot about the things that we think can be discussed and changed and transformed in our communities to make it radical. 
um, and healing. And we have decided that this will be a part one and two. So this is part one of part two. I probably should have said that in the beginning, but it's fine. You made it this far. You're welcome. Um, So we're going to continue this conversation in episode four um, and what it looks like to actually be in community together and heal together. And we know that Nyla's got that knowledge Right, mm, so she, she gonna come back for episode four, Ow. which is a beautiful thing. Hey. And uh oh, okay, oh, we're oh. dancing, we're dancing. <laughs> <Damn> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I want you to know that we're not gonna leave it there with just um, all of the worries. Yeah, we're gonna bring in the care, yeah. right, in episode four. So stay with us, please. Come back. And we're grateful for you. And by the time you hear this, you'll be in the middle of Advent. So I hope that this is a word for you that like propels you forward into mm. the, the coming Christ, the mm-hmm. coming of Christ, right? Yes. So that's our hope for you. And um, I can't believe it's almost the end of the year of 2019. <laughs> I just, I feel all kind of feels about that for real. Um but yeah, so we have some people to thank yes. for all of this. First of all, we definitely want to thank our Patreon supporters. Thank you for journeying with us through season one, two, and three. Uh, we thank all of our listeners and what what Odai Production. I mean, okay. Every time you say Bring the name, Bring my up. heart sings a beautiful song, yes. rejoicing <laughs> because our podcast sounds so good. And I have to do zero things for that to happen, <laughs> except for show up and talk. That is such a beautiful gift. So yes. grateful. I am grateful. We also want to thank our sister circle. Yes. Nyla being part thank of that. Nyla. is amazing. Ladies. Yes, we love you. Always and forever. We also want to thank Sierra and Jazz and Hazel, who were a big part of uh, this Black Women's Canon and um, what we are bringing to you. So we are grateful for their sisterhood and for their input and their love. Mm-hmm. We also want to thank Shay McCoy because she be out here having us look like okay. the best. I just want you to go over to our Instagram at Fercala Girls and see some of the images that are up there that's all Shay I'm just saying she she really captures the beauty of um, of us mm-hmm. of our melanin in <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's a, a wonderful photographer so we're always gonna give her a shout out yes yeah can I give a shout out please shout out I would like to give a shout out to Wasaba Sidibe and Jasmine Brooks they are my sacred sister partners yeah. yes and we have a new conference coming up uh-huh. it's called 50 Shades of Purple okay oh, okay yes. woman is thought on sexuality and faith. Love. And we would love for collared girls to come through and be the moderators of our panel. So, so like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, the answer is yes. Yeah, uh, we're very grateful. <laughs> also, y'all should show up to that. Hey, more info coming soon. Ayo. All right. <laughs> Peace and love. We are for collared girls. girls.